Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones is just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time to talk the latest news and notes surrounding the New York Jets. And surprisingly, here on a Tuesday, there are a lot of things to discuss. Wasn't expecting there to be so many discussion points coming out of the owners' meetings down in Florida. But sure enough, we got some good sound bites from Robert Sala, Woody Johnson. Plus, we've got some whispers involving potential wide receiver targets for the New York Jets. And so to talk about all of this, we bring in our friend who's the co-founder over at U Stadium, Mr. Nick Spano. Nick, what's up, brother? Scott, what's up, man? We're a few weeks away from, from the draft, so it's a fun time of the year. Certainly is, and we're seeing more and more the NFL is a 24-7 sport. It really never stops. And even now where you would think, okay, it's going to slow down a little bit, people will talk about the draft here and there, but it'll really accelerate in the next couple of weeks. Of course, Robert Sala gives us some things to discuss, including the big one here, talking about Makai Becton. He said that Becton is working his tail off. He'll be back for OTAs. When asked about what Becton would do at OTAs, he said he doesn't know that yet. So I think a lot of people have taken that as, well, we don't know what Becton is going to be capable of doing. He might not be able to do much. 
I don't know that it's necessarily the case that that's what he meant. I think what Salah was really saying is that he hasn't seen Mekhi Becton on a field since September, and he doesn't really know exactly what he's getting right now until Becton shows up. He's been in contact with him. We know that Becton's been working out hard. We've seen the videos. But until he's on the field and the coaches are with him and they can start drilling him, they won't know exactly where he's at. So I think people are getting a little carried away. Yes, it's fine to be nervous about Makai Becton simply because this is a guy who's been gone since September. I just don't know that Salah's words should make you any more nervous. I think it should be status quo. Let's see what happens when he gets out there in OTAs. Until then, I wouldn't be hitting the panic button. I don't think you should be any more worried than you were yesterday. Yeah, I think I think I agree with you. Um, you know, I was like prior to this, you know, interview he had with the media. I, I was already nervous about Beckton, um, just because of you know he's a big dude, and it was always going to be an issue with him to maintain his weight and make sure he's staying in in game shape. And the injury last year, and it took him forever to to get back, or he's still not even back, but. You know, a six possible six to eight week injury. We all felt that was a little, uh, you know, maybe just a little bit of a uh, reach. You know, I think it was longer. We all thought it was going to be longer. Um, but here we are about seven months from the injury, and he's still questioned. There's still questions, and, and the coach doesn't really know either if it's he doesn't know what to expect or he doesn't know where he's at. It's it's a it's a worry for me. I'm not going to lie. I think it's a something we wish we didn't have to worry about a, a left tackle that we just drafted 11th overall two years ago um, on a team with so many holes already. Uh, you just wish you didn't have to have this question, but it is going to be in question until it's not. Um, so you've had the Sala comments and more specifically the uh, the Lafleur comments from last summer adding that to the injury, the weight, and now kind of the, hey, I don't know where we are kind of thing. You know, it's 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 something. <laughs> you know, it's not nothing is what I'll say. There were other things that Robert Sala had to say involving the offensive tackles as well, including the fact that George Fant has, quote, earned the right to be in the mix for the left tackle spot. I've been consistent on this. I think if Mekhi Becton is healthy and motivated, he's just a much more talented and better player than Fant, and he'll win that job. But it's all going to come down to Becton. However, I do agree with Salah based on how well Fant played last year. There's no question that he deserves to be in the mix for left tackle. I do think this will also serve as a motivator for Mekhi Becton as well. And then also on the offensive line, you heard Daniel Jeremiah say this a couple of days ago, but it was still kind of a surprise to finally hear it out of the mouth of Robert Sala, but Elijah Vera Tucker is going to move to right guard, and Lakin Tomlinson, who the Jets just signed from the San Francisco 49ers, is going to stay at left guard, which is where he played in San Fran. Now, everybody assumed Tomlinson was going to move to right guard because why mess with Elijah Vera Tucker? And Lakin Tomlinson did play right guard in college at Duke. But this is apparently the way that the Jets are going to go. Not entirely sure what the logic is behind the decision, but that's what they're going to do. And for now, I'm willing to trust that they know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think I, I agree with the decision. I mean, you you invested a lot into a, a veteran um, who's played that position his whole career and just made a Pro Bowl there. Whereas a guy like Barrett Tucker, I think you can see he really kind of can play anywhere. 
Um, I don't think it's like, well, you drafted him to be a left guard and why are you going to move him after a good rookie season? I don't, I don't think he's, he was ever locked into playing left guard. So um, I, I understand the decision. I wonder if there's any, anything schematically or maybe leaning a certain way with the right tackle, left tackle uh, competition between Fanton, Beckton, maybe someone – um, you know, with a guy like Tomlinson play would, would play better at a position as opposed to like a Vera Tucker, you know, like let's say if Fant is playing left tackle and Beckton's at right tackle, would Tomlinson next to Fant play better than, you know, Vera Tucker next to Fant? So I wonder if that plays in. I doubt it. Maybe it's probably just more of a, hey, Tomlinson's made the Pro Bowl at left guard. We just paid him a lot of money and we feel Vera Tucker can, can make the transition a lot easier. Um, either way, I think they're, they'll both be fine. Um, and I think Vera Tucker is good enough um, that it's he, he's just so clean as a prospect. And he's just, you know, mechanically, um, you know, he's in such great shape. I think it's just you don't have to worry about him. You can really just play him anywhere and he's going to be great. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. On the subject of Tyreek Hill, Salah said Hill is a special player with a special skill set. They thought it would be a really good opportunity to try and add him. Also said that what that shows is that the Jets offseason is far from done and that Joe Douglas will make a big swing. I think he said he'd take out a baseball bat and swing hard if another big-time player is available. I don't know that that necessarily means something's going to happen, and we'll discuss that a little bit later on, Nick. It just means that the Jets have a long road in front of them. They will, of course, try to get an elite receiver if one becomes available. Salah's quote doesn't mean that they think that that's necessarily going to happen or that they're banking on it. And also, when he says 
it's been a very good offseason, but it's not close to done. Obviously, a big part of what he's talking about is the draft. So I don't know that people should read too much into that other than what we already knew, which was Joe Douglas is willing to get aggressive if there's a difference maker that he believes he can get at the right price. Yeah, exactly. And and they're trying. Like they've reached out to, you know, all the guys we see in, you know, within the, the pipe dream and we'll talk about later. <laughs> they they have reached out and they're they're trying and, and they're there. You know, it's basically, hey, if if anything goes wrong and you know, you don't think you can pay this guy or not, you know, can't stomach the twenty eight million dollars, we can and we're interested. So um we'll see how, how that all goes, you know, if it's a long shot or not. Um, but but he's out there. I mean, the last time we talked, there was never a thought of Tyreek Hill, right? So when that came out of nowhere last week at this time, it was like, whoa, didn't even think of Tyreek Hill as a, a even a, a, a possible, you know, have interest in, let alone being the the front runner at a time and then be um, dragged for about two, three hours and then ending up with a rival. <laughs> so, you know, I think – nothing i don't i wouldn't shut the door on anything in today's football um i've tweeted it out multiple times everybody has a price um so even if the titans trading aj brown seems crazy on the surface and uh dk metcalf getting traded to the jets is is crazy i just in today's game i just wouldn't rule anything out so um not saying it's gonna happen anything's imminent i have no idea um but i do know they have been and will be continuing to look for uh, a big potential game-changing player on offense. On the subject of the defense, Salah said they expect Carl Lawson back for training camp. Said that he's excited to get DJ Reed, who will help the defense and make them much better. Says Whitehead will bring toughness, tenacity, and communication skill to the secondary. Also throws in that at number four overall, it could end up being a bare-knuckle fight in the draft war room between Salah and Joe Douglas to determine whether the Jets draft an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman. By the way, Joe Douglas's only chance in that fight would be a quick early knockout because if that thing goes more than a couple of minutes, Robert Salah easily wins that one by knockout. Salah also added, for those that believe that the Jets need a pass rusher, which would be pretty much everybody, I don't know anyone that doesn't think the Jets need a pass rusher, he said, even if we had the fearsome foursome, referring to the legendary unit that played for the Rams in the 70s, we'd still be looking to add a pass rusher. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be at number four or even number 10, but it does mean that you should expect to see them make some sort of upgrade at some point in the draft and possibly even beyond that, whether it's a trade or getting somebody when camp cuts happen. So that's what Salah had to say regarding the defense. No big surprises, but I do think the visual of Salah and Joe Douglas fighting each other in the draft room is pretty entertaining. And I, and I don't think it's a uh, and I don't think it's far from the truth either. I think <laughs> you're going to have Salah fighting for his guy. Um, same with his defensive staff. I'm sure Ulbrich will be all over that. And you're going to have Douglas and, and LaFleur, you know, probably both fighting for an offensive lineman. So um, the cool thing is they have two top 10 picks. So if one guy loses that fight, they could still win the war. So um, that was a, that was a good quote by, by Salah. Um, and I think we're all in agreement with it. I think the majority of, of fans, and, and you can correct me if, if you think I'm wrong, but I think the majority of the fans are more on the edge at four, specifically Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, and then 10, 
probably an offensive player, whether it is a lineman that falls or, um, you know, you can trade back and get a lineman um, or one of the receivers. So I think that's probably just chatting with a lot of fans, what the overwhelming kind of hope is with, with the two first rounders. Um, and then there's obviously the outside chance of, you know, sauce Gardner or, you know, a different position. But um, I think, I think if you had to make, you know, ask me today what it's going to be, I think that I think Salah wins this fight um, and gets his, his pass rusher at four. Other quotes that were said during the press conference, Salah praised the character of the locker room, said they acquired players with strong intangibles, not players who are overpriced. He wanted players that would be here because they want to be here. Also added that adding C.J. Ozama and Tyler Conklin will be important for the offense. Ozama, a traditional wide tight end. Conklin is versatile, can play a little bit of everything. Talked about the 2020 draft class. A lot of people have written off some of the players here. Not necessarily Becton, although people are understandably worried about him. He said, you want to see Becton come back and have a great third year. You want to see Mimsy come back and have his best year. Denzel Mims he's talking about. You want to see Ashton Davis and all the 2020 draft picks bounce back from what happened a year ago. Wouldn't hold my breath on that one, but I think we would all love to see Denzel Mims surprisingly become a useful wide receiver in 2022. And then, of course, Zach Wilson was mentioned. Why wouldn't he be? He's the quarterback of the team. Salah talked about how Wilson has been on a tour flying across the country to visit his teammates this offseason and put in work with them. This is something that is definitely a positive sign. And I will say it's different than Sam Darnold and Mark Sanchez, who made the players come to them. Instead, Wilson is making house calls. Salah also said that he expects Wilson to own the playbook at a faster clip, wants him to absorb the scheme so he can play a lot faster, says nobody should see that as a knock on Wilson just that he expects more now that Wilson has a year of experience in the NFL and in the system. Nothing controversial there as far as I'm concerned. Everybody expects more from Zach Wilson in year number two. Everybody expects him to make at least some sort of jump from his rookie season. So again, I don't think Sal is saying anything that's out of the ordinary, but it is nice to hear that there are expectations for Wilson heading into year number two. Yeah, for sure. And and we all have them and, I think worst case scenario would be that we don't see any major improvements. So, <laughs> but uh, you know, now it's on Salah can only and LaFleur can only do so much with what they're given. Now it's on, you know, Douglas and, and his team to actually put the pieces difference making players in, you know, on the field for these coaches and for Zach Wilson, but um, really cool to see Zach um, working out with Corey Davis and obviously the, the Berrios, um, you know, little relationship they have going on there is cute. So um, cool, cool to see that. You know, you love to see the quarterback taking the initiative and not just like you said, Jets West, where everybody went to the uh, to the relaxing California coast and just kind of hung out for a few days and kind of went their separate ways. It's cool to see, you know, Wilson just going to meet up with Corey Davis wherever it was, and even if they're just working one on one. You know, continuing to, to develop that relationship and hopefully um, they can add somebody in April, whether it is a trade or, or a draft pick. And um, you can see that that relationship start to, uh, you know, take off as well. So cool stuff from from Wilson. I mean, he does and says all the right things. Um, you know, even the Flacco and Mike White tweets during the week when when they sign their tender and their contract. So um, 
he's he's taking the you know you hope to see the next step in terms of like a vocal leader which uh darnold never really did he was kind of too relaxed and laid back and obviously couldn't talk much when he played so poorly you know that doesn't doesn't hold too much weight when when you're out there throwing like 20 interceptions a year and trying to be a vocal leader so wilson's game is obviously gonna have to speak for itself but you like to see the initiative and and you know kind of cementing himself as as the leader and quarterback of the team Nick, let's quickly run through the quotes from Woody Johnson, and then we'll get your thoughts on them. Woody, on the state of the Jets, I feel really, really good. I feel very optimistic. We've had a couple of horrible seasons. Yeah, that's an understatement. This is not obviously where we want to be, so now we're addressing that. We're addressing it big time. Woody asked if the Jets should be a playoff contender in 2022. I never look at it that way. The way I look at it every season is I think we're going to win every game, but putting a marker on it like that I don't think helps us achieve that. Needless to say, we want to win games. What I would have said is I need to see major improvement. Don't necessarily want to put a playoff mandate in there, but I get the general tenor of what he's trying to say. Woody on the team's urgency. We're in it. Just follow what we've done. I think we've been extremely aggressive and we're not afraid of taking risk and putting all our chips in the middle of the table on a player like Tyreek Hill. Woody on helping Zach Wilson. That's really mission number one, getting him going, giving him the things he needs around him. Woody on the fans says the fans will share their ideas every day and he reads them. He's pretty active on social media. The fans want the same thing he does and he's going to try and give it to them. I personally don't think that Woody Johnson is controlling his own social media, maybe a little bit, but I have a feeling that it's some social media person that's doing most of the tweeting. Woody on his bid for Chelsea. My interest in Chelsea is I'm a fan of Chelsea. It's a London team. The concept of New York and London I thought was one that we could do pretty well with that. I thought it would be another interesting endeavor for us. Woody on not getting Chelsea. Not getting Chelsea's disappointing, but the numbers have gotten so enormous that on one hand I'm disappointed and on the other financially I think it's going to be a huge challenge. So there you go, Nick. That's what Woody Johnson had to say at the owners' meetings down in Florida. Any thoughts? Uh, you just love to hear from Woody Johnson. When you hear him, <laughs> your, your skin just crawls. Um, don't care about your soccer team. If you want it so bad, sell the Jets. I'm sure every fan listening to this would gladly sign up for that, probably even buy season tickets to this Chelsea you know, soccer team and nobody cares about. Uh, two, fine, just stay out of the way. And just if the football people come to you and say, hey, I need you to write a check, just do it. Um, and three, we're never going to have our own stadium as long as he's here. Um, so when Woody Johnson talks, I just – don't like to hear it and don't want to hear it and what else um yes just get good football players and pay for them if you have to (laughs) a sound strategy (laughs) if ever there was one nick last order of business before we run let's talk a little bit about the wide receiver mania going on right now and i mentioned something about this on twitter yesterday I checked in with some people that I know that are pretty plugged in to both Seattle and Tennessee. I was told no on both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Talked about this a couple of days ago on the show as well. The Seahawks are not looking to rebuild. Pete Carroll is 70 years old. John Schneider cannot survive a rebuild. They are looking to try and compete with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, 
and the other players on the roster. We'll see what they do in the draft. I think there's a good chance they trade for Baker Mayfield. You can snicker at that if you want, but a healthy Baker Mayfield at least gives them a fighting chance. So we'll see what they end up doing, but it doesn't sound like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are going anywhere. If you think about it logically, too, if you're Seattle, if you really have a problem with DK Metcalf in the contract, you keep him for this year, let him play for you, and then next year you franchise tag him, and then you trade him sort of along the lines of what Green Bay ended up doing with Devontae Adams. They still got a first and a second. Can't imagine that Seattle would get anything less than that and perhaps more because Metcalf is younger. And when I asked about A.J. Brown, I got about a paragraph response, and the paragraph began with, no way, not a chance in hell. So I don't think that's happening. In fact, my understanding is that they're working on an extension and it's probably going to get done before training camp. And then you talk about Debo Samuel and people started buzzing about him. Jennifer Lee Chan of NBC Sports Bay Area, who's one of the best on that particular beat for the San Francisco 49ers, has said that Debo Samuel, to the best of her knowledge, is absolutely going nowhere. And again, it goes back to what I said about DK Metcalf. You could always franchise tag him next year if you can't get a deal done and then trade him. And think about this logically, too, from the perspective of Tennessee and San Francisco because we already talked about Seattle. With Tennessee, they were the number one seed last year. But who do they have on offense? You've got Henry who had that injury and you don't know exactly what his health is going to be going forward. Maybe he has another problem with that knee. Then you take a look at the wide receiver position. They brought in Robert Woods, who I really like. Very good receiver, but he's recovering from a knee injury. So you're not entirely sure what you're getting from him. A.J. Brown is the only reliable weapon they have on that offense. For a team that is a contending team in a division that is very much up for grabs, trading him now would be insane. And the same holds true for Debo Samuel in San Francisco. Trey Lance is going to take over as the quarterback this year. Why would you take the best weapon on the team and deal him now? Especially since, as I said, they have the opportunity to let him play out this year and then franchise tag him next year, worst case scenario, and trade him if they have to then. But also, remember, the San Francisco 49ers, much like Tennessee, very much in the mix. They were minutes away from going to the Super Bowl last year. There's no way that you make a move like that. So logically, none of this makes sense. But from what I heard out of Seattle and out of Tennessee and then what Jennifer Lee Chan is saying as well out of San Francisco, I don't think there's any way these guys are getting moved. doesn't necessarily mean that the Jets can't find a way to get a major upgrade at wide receiver via trade. There are guys that could become available that we're not thinking about because obviously we didn't know about Tyreek Hill. Devontae Adams unexpectedly became available. Maybe somebody like Brandon Cooks becomes available. But I don't think that those guys that everybody is fixating on, specifically Lockett, Metcalf, Samuel, and Brown, are going to become available. So if you're a Jets fan, you might want to lower your expectations, especially when it comes to those guys. I will say I don't think the intention for any of these teams um, is to trade either of these guys. It doesn't necessarily mean they won't. I think when you see a Devontae Adams and a Tyree Kill get traded from arguably the two best teams in football, I think you could take the whole contender, like Titans thing, not trading A.J. Brown out because it's become, and, and you've seen it, we've all seen it, the players have a lot more power now than they ever have. And if a negotiation goes south, like especially the A.J. Brown one, let's say um, since they're already talking extension, let's say that thing goes south and Brown sees 
Tyreek Hill getting 38, you know, uh, average per year. Uh, Adams getting 28. Let's say he wants that number or he wants above it. And the Titans don't stomach, can't stomach that. They, you know, they run their offense through Derrick Henry and they don't feel good about paying a receiver $28 million a year on average. Um, anything can happen. You know, the, an offer could be too good for them. They can say, well, we like AJ Brown a lot. Um, you know, we think he's great. He has some injuries and the jets are giving us a pick that we think we can go and take another receiver with. And while he's not going to put up the AJ Brown numbers right away, um, you know, he can, he can do well in our offense. So same with Metcalf. I don't, I, so I wouldn't slam the door shut on any of these guys. I think Debo is the least likely um, because of the, the way the 49ers usually do retain their players. And I think something by training camp will happen with him. I do think the Metcalf specifically, and then the AJ Brown, I would not absolutely shut the door on um, just because I think the contract talks for those guys have started. And if they do not go well, um, and there is a team that is as aggressive as let's say the jets and they call offering a package that these teams think that they can, you know, look what Kansas city did. They split that money up and went and got three guys and now have draft picks that they can continue to add. Um, maybe they feel that, yes, these guys are really, really good receivers, but they're not guys that we don't think we couldn't win without. Um, so <clears throat> I think in this league now, I wouldn't rule anything out. And I, and I think everybody has their price. Um, so if Douglas continues to take that bat, like Salah said, and, and sw- continually swings it, uh, you never know what happens. Um, you know, a top 10 pick is a very valuable pick for, for teams, obviously. Um, so if he is in the, if he can stomach giving that up, and I don't know if he wants to, he might have to, if he really, if, if they really, really want that difference maker, um, <clears throat> you know, he might have to, and they're obviously willing to spend the money on a top receiver. They were, they've had, they had Tyree kill, you know, so by all reports. Um, so that, that's not a, a concern. I guess they feel good about where they're at in, in terms of their uh, future funds and whatnot. So I, I don't think, I would absolutely shut the door on any of it. I know logically they're not going to get rid of their best offense players and most reporters or people, you know, that you talk to, even people, decision makers, they don't want to trade the guy, the guys. Uh, but I don't, don't think it's absolutely stone cold lock nose. I'd be very surprised if any of those guys gets moved. And if any of them do, I think it would be next year, not this year. But, hey, if you're Joe Douglas, hang around and see what happens. If one of these guys shakes free by some miracle, go for it. But I just don't think it's something that Jets fans should count on right now. That said, we've got the draft coming up, Nick. We've got a lot of content coming up at playlikeajet.com, the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, the podcast, and, of course, over at U Stadium. And, Nick... If they want to make sure that they miss none of the news that's going on around the NFL draft and everything involving the process, I believe there's something they've got to do. Download the app, right? That's it? Yeah, download the app, turn on the notifications, um, check out the new takes feature. I know uh, I had a few guys from you know, a few of your listeners, Scott, just uh, chat us a, a DM um, asking to try out the, the takes feature. We sent them over some points to... Uh, to give it a shot and basically what takes is is a way to monetize your sports prediction so as long as you have a an opinion or a prediction of something happening that has a clear outcome like let's say i know there's probably like 80 different ones of aj brown will be a jet by the draft um as long as there is a clear outcome a yes or a no 
you can put a point value on it. You can send it out into the U Stadium universe and users can all agree or disagree. Pot uh, Points go to the middle of the pot. And once that, uh, once that take is either, yes, he is traded to the Jets or no, he is not by the draft, those points will be rewarded based on your yes or no answer. So um, you can turn those points into actual money and you can cash out. So um, shoot me a DM if you guys want to try it. We'll send you guys over some points to use and, and get you uh, started over there. And uh, so far, you know, fans are really taking to it. Um, and we got a, a big few weeks ahead, four weeks from, you know, four and a half weeks from today. And uh, just a, a continuous nonstop NFL news every day, it feels like. <laughs> Sure does. Make sure you try out the takes feature over at U Stadium. Download the app if you haven't already. And check out playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under. Luke Grant has got some great video breakdowns of some of the Jets' newest additions, including DJ Reed, Tyler Conklin, CJ Ozama, and much, much more. We're going to have plenty of draft prospects to break down as well on the channel. So watch the videos. And subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And don't forget to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. For the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. 
subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.